expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. Hello and welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. I'm Keith Manconi. Ties between Taiwan and the mainland have markedly improved over the last several years, but the road ahead may be more difficult to navigate as cross-strait talks move towards more sensitive political and economic issues. As this cross-strait drama unfolds, many are wondering what role the United States is going to play. In the end, how much can Taiwan look to its partner across the Pacific for support? That's the big question we'll be putting to today's guest, Taiwan Ambassador in the U.S., Lu Xunshun. Since taking up his new post in D.C. in April of this year, he's made repeated calls in the U.S. to up its backing for Taiwan. I spoke with him recently via Skype to hear his views on the prospects for increased cooperation. Here's our conversation. Ambassador Shun, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. So uh, I want to start with that big picture question. So we're, we're out of the days of ECFA, relatively uncontroversial economic agreements. We're out of the days of uh, agreements on travel deals. And we're into agreements between Taiwan and China that uh, many in Taiwan really do feel like touch on their vital interests. So as we enter this riskier territory, what role do you think stronger support from the U.S., more diplomatic recognition from the U.S. for Taiwan, what role could that play? I think, first of all, with more U.S. support, Taiwan would always be more confident or more comfortable in engaging with mainland China. That's rule number one. And as of today, as we can see, the economic, social, and the cultural integration already started. As to what that would lead to, this is uh, 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 the thing we have to uh, we have to handle uh, now. But in in the long run, I would say this formidable integration forces is something that we need to manage well. It's not just you know the American support. More important thing is the people in Taiwan. We need to unite together. We have to stay together. We have to need to have certain kind of consensus as to what we're going to do. And the American support would be vital. And the American, as I said, gives us more confidence. And uh, we can be even more uh, skillful, almost sophisticated in dealing with mainland China with more American support. Uh, so many people point out that uh, Taiwan struggles to gain recognition from uh, most countries in the world, also struggles to gain entrance into a lot of global bodies. If the U.S. did provide Taiwan backing in that way, diplomatic backing, how, what kind of effect do you think that that would have on cross-strait ties? I'm, I'm sorry, diplomatic is probably too strong a, a word. Today, we're probably talking about more American support for Taiwan's efforts in seeking more international space, for example. And this is in our mutual interest because it's also in the interest of the rest of the world. For example, you know, we, we, we hope we can join ICAO, International Civil Aviation Organization. It's not only because our diplomatic interest, it's because, because the Taiwan airspace or the Taipei FIR, the Flight Information Region, so we accommodated about 1.3 million flights a year. So we need to be included in the international system. 
And uh, this is not just diplomatic. This is probably something even more functional. Is uh, is air safety and air security. So it was, if Taiwan can be uh, like a normal member of an international community, probably not even as a member of the UN, but as an observer to so many UN or specialized agencies, that would help everybody. That would also help mainland China because, as you know, today. Every week, there are about one thousand six hundred fifty-six direct flights between two sides of Taiwan Strait. So we have to take all these things into consideration. And the so U.S. support is not just for Taiwan; it's also in U.S. interest, also in the interest of the rest of the world as well, even in the interest of mainland China. So we're trying to work out the win-win-win situation. Hmm. I want to move now、uh, more in the direction of trade. Now you've made trade a big focus of your、uh, tenure in this office.、Uh, you are hoping that Taiwan can gain entrance into the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the, the mass, massive regional trade agreement. And you've also said that、uh, Taiwan would welcome a bilateral agreement between、uh, the U.S. and Taiwan.、Uh, so why do you think that now is a time where it's really important for Taiwan to start、uh, upping its efforts to enter these kinds of trade deals? I think you know for Taiwan's interests. Our number one competitor, let's face it, is South Korea. You know how many FTAs South Korea has concluded. According to my knowledge, they have already concluded eight FTAs covering fifty-five countries altogether. And Taiwan so far has only two, if you do not include the one with mainland China, the ECFA. So we have a long, long, long way to go. I used to say, if you don't have FTA, even when you try to sell instant noodles, you probably would suffer from a disadvantage. Because I was in London, served in for quite a few years in Europe, because South Korea has a FTA with European Union, so their instant noodles can enjoy duty free, and we our instant noodles probably have to pay a tariff between five to six percent. So even for instant noodles, if you can't compete with South Koreans, and this is just one example, we there are so many electronic products, you know, we we have to also take into consideration. So this is vital for Taiwan's economic interests and Taiwan's future. So、um, we hope it's not too late. We just get started. So we hope we can join TPP. So within TPP, everyone can enjoy equal tariff. We don't mind about equal competition, you know, to compete on equal footing. But now we seems, you know, politically we already suffer a lot of disadvantage because we are not a normal member of, of international community. It's not like like South Korea, you know, they have their own citizens and UN Secretary General. They enjoy all kind of full membership in all international organizations almost. So economically, we cannot just stay here. Do nothing. We have to 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 catch up. And today, it's not just with South Korea. You know, in the、uh, other Asian regions, they have this regional economic、uh, framework. And if Taiwan being cut out from this regional international、uh, economic framework, our survival and our future will be、uh, will have a lot of problems. So、um, this is why we now make a lot of efforts、um, in trying to 
get into the system. Of course, we need to do something ourselves. You know, Taiwan itself also need to address more of our own issues, trying to liberalize more of our own uh, restrictions or regulations so as to attract even more foreign investment into Taiwan and also to make Taiwan a interesting, attractive partner in this international or regional economic framework. And so this is, a, I think we have all the uh, very uh, strong economic fundamentals. Uh, given a fair opportunity, I think we can do well. Uh, you, you, you mentioned that there's kind of a growing group of bilateral, multilateral trade agreements around the world. Uh, and maybe the one area where Taiwan has made its biggest advancements in this regard is with China. Uh, so if Taiwan doesn't manage to diversify its its ability uh, to get these trade agreements through, uh, is that going to have any implications for cross-strait ties? If, if Taiwan becomes uh, economically dependent on China, is, is that going to make it more difficult for uh, Taiwan to progress in these talks with China on, a, on an even footing? First of all, I want to challenge the word too dependent. You know, today, if you are two equal trading partners, just like between the United States and Canada, because of the geographical proximity, because of the cultural similarity, because of the language convenience, of course, mainland China is you know, our number one trading partner. Of course, they probably would use uh, the trade relationship someday, God forbid, uh, maybe as a political leverage or something. But I think that people in Taiwan are smart enough to manage this kind of trading relationship. The fact remains, you know, mainland China is our number one market. So first of all, it's not so easy to find a replacement. But we're also trying to diversify. We know it's too dangerous to put all the eggs in one basket. But before you find another basket, you better stay with this one, but you have to handle the well. And you try to not, not let them, you know, break the, the axe. But the thing is, today, we would not, we would exhaust every corner of the world to develop our trade relationship. You know, I was uh, ambassador or representative to London, to United Kingdom, and also EBRD that time, before I came to Washington, D.C. EBRD stands for European Bank of the Reconstruction and Development. Through EBRD, we also try to develop our our market in Central Asia, and the Taiwan's LED lights went to a few big cities to replace their street lights. Taiwan made you know, electronic goods, you know, went into countries like Armenia, like Moldova. You know, we designed Moldova's city e-ticketing system, things like that. We try exhaust every corner of the world. But the, the fact remains, we're too close to mainland China. We have to, this is why I said in the beginning, we have to try to manage that relationship well. This is just President, President Ma has said many times. He said mainland China, we all recognize, is still our number one source of potential threat. But it's also our biggest land, biggest land of opportunities. But what we're doing now is we try to minimize the threat, but we try to maximize the opportunities. But we cannot just say we just handle the threats. You know, we, 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 every day we become very guarded. We, we, we try to, to stop the, the connections or trade or, or minimize trade relations. On the other hand, we try to maximize the, the, the trade opportunities and other opportunities. 
And this is what we need to do. This is the government's responsibility. The government cannot turn blind eyes to one side and not look at the other side. The government has to handle both sides and how to maximize the positive, minimize the negative. This is what we're doing. But this is why I do not agree with the word whether too dependent or not. It, the, the word is whether you can really make money, you can really make good use out of the market. And that's the government's responsibility. A lot of folks in America have pointed uh, some of the barriers to Taiwan's entrance. And you mentioned this earlier in the interview yourself, that uh, a lot of people are hoping that Taiwan is going to liberalize its economy, open up its market. Uh, Other people have said that uh, the fact that Taiwan hasn't been able to uh, pass certain trade agreements, especially the trading goods deal with uh, China, uh, some people might see that as a negative. That might make it more difficult for Taiwan to enter these uh, trade agreements. Uh, in, in your view, what do you think is uh, going to be the biggest barrier for Taiwan to move forward uh, in these talks? Is it, is it those things or is it you know, the elephant in the room, just China might not look too favorably on that and might uh, pressure against that happening? As a humble person, I would always say, first we look, have to look at ourselves, whether we have, we have done enough liberalization. Okay, once we have that, once we make ourselves attractive, once, we, as I said, we already have very strong fundamentals. If the people think Taiwan is such a good trading partner, we have a good, very good production, uh, products with ch- cheap price, and, and, and so that, that, that's number one. And then I would say with mainland China, to tell the truth, based on my experiences, it's always easier if you already have had something with mainland China. Because, you know, let's face it, today's world is very realistic. People would say, other countries would say, how about with mainland China? If they think we have already have had something with mainland China, and they make things, that would make things easier politically or diplomatically for them to pursue a similar sense. If we don't have this thing, if we have a lot of problems with mainland China, and so then the other countries probably would not go that far. They don't want to take a risk. They don't want to, you know, even though they want to be good, you know, having good trade relations with Taiwan. But so having something with mainland China, especially in economic terms, having already having something with mainland would, would be conducive, would facilitate better of our economic relations with, with other countries. Let's face it. So I, I hope there's no dispute there. This is probably just a very simple formula. We, we, nobody likes, you know, mainland China becomes a stumbling block. And we, we, this is why I said we have to manage it well. You know, we have to maximize the trade opportunities with mainland China and make mainland China uh, at least uh, let other countries see we already have had something with them. And so we make things easier for Taiwan. Hopefully someday we'll be like South Korea. We also have eight FTAs covering 55 countries, but starting with China. What's wrong with that? So with mainland China today, I know Taiwan has this why I said in the beginning, we probably, Taiwan needs to have a, a more domestic consensus or more, more or less about how we're going to, to handle. This is not just an economic issue. This is a, not just a relations with mainland China. This is about our future. This is about our next generation. And we have to try to cover all fronts. As I said, 
We did not even ignore the market, even in some distant countries, such as Moldova, such as you know the the、uh, Central Asian former Soviet republics. But the facts remain that mainland China is only ninety miles away. The facts remain that every week we have one thousand six hundred fifty six direct flights with them. The facts remains we already out outnumber Hong Kong as the largest source of external flights into mainland China. The facts remain that we already have have three hundred ninety thousand intermarriage couples between two sides. You have to face all these realities. You cannot say the mainland China we don't like you. You have to try to manage it well, and you need to invoke American support, and not just American support. We hope we can get European support as well, Japanese support. Sympathy, endorsement, to help us manage this relationship. A little bit earlier in the interview, you were talking about managing the the balance between the risks and opportunities in the relationship with China. Do you think that the U.S. has any role to play in helping Taiwan manage that balance? How, how can the U.S. help? I hope that first of all, we hope you you U.S. can continue continues helping us. To get into more international uh, organizations, uh, sometimes we know because you know every international organization has its, its own charter.、Uh, it's probably difficult to become member, but at least we hope we can become observer.、Uh, at least we can know what the the international organizations are doing. You know, this is very important because Taiwan, as a part of the world, we have to. We have to know what the new international standards or international regulations are, so as to adopt them to apply to into、uh, in our domestic、uh, regulations. And、uh, the American support would be indispensable in helping Taiwan to become a part of the world. And as I said, to let Taiwan have an equal footing, an equal basis to compete with the rest of the world. And there, as I said, American support will make Taiwan even more confident in engaging with mainland China. So our continuous access to American-made defense articles also very important. This is why I said, as President Ma said, you know, on one hand we have to recognize mainland China is still our number one source of potential threat. We have to try to handle that as well. We need to defend ourselves, and so we need to continuous access to American-made defense articles. And、um, both ends, I think we're doing okay. But you know, as you know, today is very much also in Taipei's news media. We hope we can get American help to、uh, either to buy submarine, submarines, but Americans no longer produce diesel submarines.、Uh, all we hope Americans can can help us to make our own submarines. You know, so things like that. So on both ends, on both sides, we hope we can. I, I think we're on the right track. We're all doing the right things, and we're making quite very good progress. I, I dare say, today our relations with the United States probably is the best since、uh, we've been derecognized in 1979, and we try to make this relationship.、Uh, this is very important. It's not just one-sided. We hope to make this relationship. Mutually beneficial. We also try to help the Amer- Americans. For example, you know, in this Ebola disease control, epidemic control, Taiwan has certain kind of experience because we suffered from SARS ten years ago. 
So we have some experience. So we already donated some equipments, and we can share our experience with Americans, with the rest world. And you know, when Americans trying to help some third countries uh, for natural disaster uh, relief works or something, Taiwan can always help to lessen American burdens. For example, and this is only the, you know, we, we, I can give you a long list of the areas that we have mutual interests that Taiwan can reciprocate, can help Americans make this relationship strong, mutually beneficial, and very lasting. Hmm. Well, maybe you could expand on uh, one point you made a, a moment ago. Uh, so you're saying that relations between Taiwan and the U.S. are uh, the strongest that they've been since uh, ties were uh, taken down. Uh, I feel like there's a perception, though, among many in Taiwan that there there are a lot of areas that are it's very difficult to make headway. You, you mentioned defense. You know, it's it's been three years since the last defense deal was made. A lot of people are frustrated that there hasn't been more progress made in that. Uh, it seems like the U.S. has been pretty slow to back Taiwan's entrance into the TPP and a lot of these other agreements. So what would you say is the areas that you would point to as a sign that there really are some positive developments in this relationship? I think, I, at first, I think I need to uh, clarify something. It's not some that every year you spend a lot of money buying American-made defense articles is becomes a symbol or a must for Taiwan's defense needs. I think we have to spend our money uh, in a smart way. So it's not, we are, don't you think we have already bought enough American-made defense articles? I think we have bought a lot. You know, Not too many countries would buy 100, 150 F-16s you know, out of one deal, like Taiwan did. Nobody would buy like what we did, you know, to upgrade F-16s, the whole package, the what they call retrofitting package. It's almost $6 billion. Not too many people would like what we have bought, you know, Apache helicopters. And so. so I think the, the thing is not that we, every year we want to buy a lot. It, it, this is not something to, to, to make a show, you know, for the, the figures. The thing is what we need to buy what we need. And the more important thing is American defense commitments. So that is something probably cannot be measured by money. And as we can see, you know, a lot of a lot of ways Americans showing their defense commitments, their friendship, their concern, security concern over Taiwan. For example, you know, this past March, Americans for 14 years, for the first time, the United States sends a cabinet member to visit Taiwan. What it means, of course, we're talking about the EPA administrator. Of course, we're talking about environmental protection issues. But the very fact of having American cabinet minister visiting Taiwan, that means a lot. And, and all the things, you, we, we have lumped everything together, the defense committee, it's not just money, it's not just buying things, or whether you buy this or that. And we don't want to buy something we don't really need, in a way. What we need the most is submarines. Submarines are not easy to make, but, you know, it's been delayed for 13 years. Even though we in the past we bought so many things, but we don't have submarines. You know how many submarines the, the, the PRC, the mainland Chinese Navy has, and how many we have. And sometimes it's probably not just for submarine, not for, for the military defense or, 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 or whatever. It's simply because now out of our four submarines, two of them are made by the U.S. They were made in 1943. They're already too old. They're already 71 years old. You don't want your boys to serve on submarines already 71 years old. 
So we need some new submarines. So we need to work on that. So this has nothing to do with whether we buy this thing or that thing this year or next year. We buy the things we need. And it's even, even more important, as I said, sometimes the defense commitments there. This is even more that we can maybe preempt some, God forbid, someday if the other side wants to do something stupid. But defense commitments, you know, even without, you don't need to fire a shot. You can stop that. You can prevent that. You can preempt that. That's probably even more important. And that's why, that's what we're doing now. So this, this is, I, I, I hope I can enlarge the perspective or the background of this issue and to get every factors in. It's not hardware, sometimes software, policy statements, policy gestures. They are equally important. So, of course, nobody knows the future. Nobody knows what's going to happen. But uh, if, if you were looking into a crystal ball right now, what might you uh, expect about what kind of developments we might see between the U.S. and Taiwan diplomatically in, in the coming years, coming months? I would say, as you can see, the U.S. relations with Taiwan uh, will become, I'm very confident, will become stronger and stronger. We hope we can have almost everything except for nominal diplomatic recognition. Because diplomatic would be very difficult, you know. That, that involves not just diplomatic, it involves, you know, almost our national status, uh, things like that. So, but we hope we can have everything except for nominal diplomatic recognition. Um, but even for now, I can say that we probably have something even better than a normal uh, country having diplomatic ties, diplomatic ties with the United States because our trade relationship, because our other security relation, cultural exchange. Even now, we already have had a, a very strong fundamentals in many areas. But how do we combine them together to make Taiwan is again? You, you look at the 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 the, uh, the ranking of U.S. trading partners. You would you would find that you know actually without without diplomatic recognition, uh, it doesn't make that much difference. Taiwan last year, as I said, was number twelve, and you have a long list. You have a two hundred twenty. You're trading with two hundred twenty four countries and territories in the world, and I usually compare Taiwan with European countries, and we are also compared with European countries. Can you imagine only three European countries? out of 28 EU member states are bigger than Taiwan as a trading partner to the United States. United Kingdom, France, Germany, that's all. We're bigger than Russia or Australia as a trading partner. You know, last year we were number 12. If I remember correctly, Russia was number 22. Australia was number 24. You know how big they are. And so this is something I think we need to take these fundamentals and to let American people know, a lot of people think Taiwan is too, too small. It's a tiny, dinky, remote island. But I'm always saying Taiwan is too big to ignore. So in terms of TPP, it's not what we're begging you we want to join. We're knocking on the door. We're banging on the door. It's TPP because Taiwan's big economic powerhouse that someday you have to inv- invite Taiwan to join. And in that regard, I think Americans, so many American people or American government officials already, already have seen that. This is why in some of the ranking officials in the Senate hearing already said the United States welcomed Taiwan's interest in joining TPP. 
because it's too big to ignore. You have to include you know, Japan, Korea, mainland China, fine. But Taiwan, you probably also have to, to let it come in. Otherwise, the TPP itself will not be con- considered complete. Otherwise, your, the system itself would have a lot of problems. We've been speaking to Taiwan's ambassador in the U.S., Lu Xuan Shen. Ambassador Shen, thanks so much for speaking with us. Thank you so much. I also enjoyed this opportunities, and uh, ICRT as a uh, in the old days it was American Armed Service Armed Forces Radio. I listened to it as a high school kid. I usually try to learn my English from that radio, and today is an honor to be interviewed. I thank you so much as well. As always, we'd love to hear what you thought of today's program. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page, our blog, or rate and review Taiwan Talk on iTunes. If you do make it over to the blog, we've posted a few links to articles about today's topic. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Talk for ICRT. I'm Keith Manconi.